Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Property taxes are robbing Texans, robbing them of their wealth and their homes and businesses. However, Don Huffines, a husband, father, businessman, former Texas state senator, and founder of Texas's newest free market think tank, believes Texans have something even more important at stake in the battle over property taxes, their liberty. We'll be talking with Don about these issues and more on episode 102 of the Liberty Cafe. Hi, this is Bill Peacock. Welcome to the Liberty Cafe. I'm blessed to have you here with me and, of course, also blessed to be sponsored on the Liberty Cafe by Texas Scorecard. So please run over to texasscorecard.com and see how you can engage and get involved in the battle for liberty here in Texas. Well, our special guest today is Don Huffines on the Liberty Cafe. And the occasion for this is that the Huffines Liberty Foundation is releasing its first paper uh, about this time on property taxes and the, and the problems with property taxes in Texas. You can run over to HuffinesLiberty.com and learn more about it and, and see some of the solutions that the, they're talking about. But let me just give you a couple of stats here. Texans last year paid $73 billion in property taxes. That's up from $40.5 billion just 10 years ago. $38 billion of the $78 billion of that money goes to government schools. Then the state kicks in another $30 billion on top of that, which means that a total of $68 billion of our tax dollars are being spent to tell children, our children, that there's no God, that boys can become girls and girls can come, become boys, and that we must erase Western civilization to atone for our racist past. And, oh yeah, they often fail to teach our children, many of them anyway, how to read, write, and think. So whether one thinks that the public education system in Texas should be reformed or abolished, the problems we see in government schools points to the concerns about liberty that our guest today, Don Huffines, has when it comes to the property tax and many other problems with government that we are dealing with today. So before we get to Don, let me just in full disclosure let you know that, that I work for Don. I'm part of the Huffines Liberty Foundation. I, I do research and writing and whatever else needs to be done at, a, at the small think tank that we are. So just, just full disclosure on that. So welcome, Don, to the Liberty Cafe. Well, thank you, Bill. It's, it's great to be on your podcast, and, uh, and uh, I know how successful it is, so it's an honor. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, Don, you, you've gone from being a state senator uh, to a gubernatorial candidate and, and now to a founder of a think tank. What got you started on this journey? Well, that's a good question, Bill. I, I, I just, and like I always say, I, you know, I've always had this, this burning sensation in my heart. I call it a flame of liberty since I was a teenager. And it just never goes out. Sometimes it burns really bright and, and heavy, and other times it doesn't. But it's always there. And I think a lot of Texans feel the same way. And we just, I just want to be free. I just want to live my life free of the government. I, I don't trust the government for any reason. No. Hey, look, to be a true patriot always questions government, and, and I always have. And so 
When I ran for office, if I look, I was active before I ran for office in 13. It's something that I was always uh, generally helping candidates that I felt were the most conservative. Uh, I was a delegate to three national conventions, and I've been a delegate to many, many state conventions over 30 years. <clears throat> but when I ran, I ran for office in, in the Texas Senate for Senate District 16 in Dallas County. Uh, I guess a 20-year-plus incumbent who was one of the most liberal Republicans in Austin, and, and I won in the primary. Yeah. But I ran specifically because we had the solutions, uh, solutions to Texas problems. And it's the same reason, the main reason I ran for governor is because I'm solution-oriented, I'm policy-oriented. I, I want to solve the problems that affect Texas. I want to cut the chains of government. And, and let people be free so they can make their own decisions about what's best in their life. And, and we can create so much more prosperity doing that. And it's really rare, Bill, that you find any candidate or any office owner that's willing to come up with solutions. And what I learned after being in Austin, there's a reason they don't do that. And that is because, oh my gosh, they might have to be accountable to the voters if they come up with a solution. So, uh, and I've always wanted to be accountable to the voters. And as you probably know, when I was in Austin uh, uh, four years, that I'm the only elected office holder in Texas history that never took any money from the state. I don't know if you knew that, but you know, I never took That's a salary, great. a pension, a reimbursement, expense report, nothing for me personally ever. Just, I never worked for the government. I really knew that, and I only worked for the people. And so, uh, there's just a big disconnect in, in the swamp in Austin. Well, I think you, you talked about some politicians don't want to be held accountable to the voters. Another reason sometimes they don't like solutions is because they don't want to make the special interest that kind of holds sway in Austin upset. Right. So, if you actually came up to a real solution to say something like property taxes, a lot of people in and around Austin wouldn't like that and so yeah, so certainly wouldn't <laughs> yeah. they know where their bread's being buttered and so that kind of points us to this the paper so you, the, the Huffines Liberty Foundation you, you started it back this past summer right yes it started in the summer and you're now 22 okay and so you're now just coming out with your first paper and it's on property taxes why are you leading with property taxes well, I think property uh, taxes is, is just something that we can fix. And that was in my campaign for governor. I had a comprehensive plan how we could abolish property taxes entirely. But so right now we're focused on, and the Liberty Foundation is focused on educating Texans uh, about the issues. And so they can hold their elected office holders accountable uh, to the solutions that we're coming up with. As you know, Bill, we're, this is a this is a three-part series uh, of papers that we're we're doing on property tax, and we're going to be releasing the first one uh, very shortly, and then the third one will be the conclusion, and then we'll have a one-page summary sheet uh, that the grassroots or even Texan uh, or politicians sometimes who don't have a big attention span. Yeah, we hope to get it to them too. Yeah, yeah of course we'll be sending it to. Uh, the elected office holders, but uh, and it's going to be a real simple solution to get rid of the M&L taxes, school taxes. So we're going to get rid of all school taxes as our goal, which is generally half or more of the 
property tax that people pay in Texas. And first we're gonna educate them on how big of a problem it is and where Texas stands in the nation on this. And we have the highest some of the highest property taxes in, in the nation. And, and, and really what is, this is about is about our liberty, always. And um, that's why I picked this issue. I'm a firm believer in property rights, and it's hard to have property rights if you can't ever own your own property. Well, that's exactly the case. So the Texas legislature has now for 25 or so years been telling Texans, it goes back to the administration of George W. Bush, and has five or six times told Texans, we're going to provide you property tax relief. But they've failed every time. Every time they've told us we're going to get relief, uh, property taxes have gone up and they've continued to go up and skyrocket over those, the time. Why do you think they can't solve this problem? They don't want to, they do not want to solve the problem. But Republicans, as you know, control everything in Austin for over 20 years. Every statewide office, some of those 20 years, we've had a supermajority in the state house and the Texas Senate. So we could even get constitutional amendments done. We could get any bill done we want, any piece of legislation. Really think that through, you know it. Any piece of legislation we want that the Republican Party wants in the law, we could get done. We could easily solve property tax problems. They don't want to do it. And they're not looking for solutions, not only for property tax. They're not looking for solutions on much of anything. And I found that out when I was there. And I was just always so puzzled by that. What? Why are they here? What is it they really want? You know, I came down there just oh, great, we're going to get term limits, or we're going to get rid of property tax, or let's do this or that, or we get rid of the franchise tax, the margins tax, and, and let's rein in government. And that's not what they're about <laughs> interested in. Well, one of the things I noticed in, in the paper is that the, the big problem seems to be is they every time they try and fix property taxes and cut rates or increase the homestead exemption or whatever it is, they, they don't ever deal with, or not very well at least, the, pro the big problem is local government spending. Because property taxes are what fund the spending at the local level, and if, if the spending keeps going up, they're going to have to keep getting money from property taxes or some other source of funds. And, and so they really don't seem to be wanting to tackle the, the problem of high local government and school spending, maybe because... They just think that it's easier to, to push off Texas taxpayers and distract us from the problem than it would be to tackle the, the local government officials and tell them they can't spend as much money. Well, that's true. Uh, what you're saying is it's always about spending. It, it, government is, it never has enough taxpayers' money, ever. They're never going to have enough. And, if you wanted a lot of Republicans campaign on limited government, but if you in Texas, if you want limited government, the best way to get that is to choke off the money. Because government only exists basically if it's got the money. So it's always about the spending. And and Austin, I noticed they were often uh, worried about the revenue. And and but it's not the revenue they need to worry about, that's taxpayers' money. They need to worry about what they spend. And so we can, so this, our solution, uh, as you know, is uh, to 
getting rid of the MML tax. And, and we're, what we want to do is have the state of Texas take over all school funding related to MML tax. And, and uh, I find that puzzling, but interesting anyway, that because the Democrats all think the state doesn't pay their share. Uh, guess what? The state's going to pay 100% of it. <laughs> and then, exactly. Yeah, so it's going to be going to be a new day going forward. Well, let's hope so. So the, the Huffines Liberty Institute has three primary initiatives. So we've already talked about property taxes. The other two are border security and education freedom. So let's talk about border security. Um, mo most of us in Texas have a pretty good perspective because of our location uh, about the problems with in the state and really nation when it comes to the lack of border security. I guess this kind of gets back to the question about um, property taxes, but why don't you think anybody's willing to solve the problem on border security either? Border security is a little more complicated. Uh, there's really only one way to solve uh, effectively the border problem, uh, this invasion, and that is with a governor. The governor is the person that's going to be able to do it. The federal government never has secured the border, and they never will. A lot of people think, well, we're going to get, the Republicans will get control of the House and the Senate in the midterms, and I think they will. But to what avail? Because they will not have the presidency, and even if we did that. We had the trifecta the Republicans did under Trump. The border is still open. It really was. I'm not hoping it exists today. I won't go into details, Bill, about how bad it is, because I think most Texans realize that. But I'll tell you this, I was in New York recently and having dinner with a few folks up there, and they have really, these people are educated and, and smart and read the paper and all, and they're all getting, but they had no idea, any, any idea about how bad the border was, which I thought was surprising. But let's get back to the solution is with a courageous governor of Texas. You're gonna, the, the governor of Texas can use Article 1, Section 10, which I talked about throughout my campaign, even before the campaign, which gives the governor the authority to declare an invasion. And Section 1, uh, Article 1, Section 10 enables a state to do whatever it needs to do to repel the invasion, basically. You, you can negotiate a treaty with a foreign nation, you can get a compact with other states, you can raise an army, you can charge a tax, basically do whatever you need to do to stop an invasion if the federal government's not going to come to your aid, which they obviously aren't since they're participating in it. So, uh, but the governor is the one that can do that. And if he does that, it's almost unlimited the power that he's got to stop it. And what we're talking about is not enforcing immigration law. What we're talking about is repelling an invasion and doing whatever is necessary. You must anticipate what the federal government's gonna do. I've always said that the key here is to hold Mexico accountable to the problem that they're causing. It's hard to have a a good neighbor if they're tearing the fence down every day. And, and economic pressure on Mexico is what's going to work. Remember when, Bill, you remember when Trump had the best results in Mexico? Yeah. 
what did he what did he do? He, he was he was just a threat of terrorists. Because he already stuck him on China. You know, the Mexican just freaked out. You know, oh my gosh, we don't want any terrorists. And Texas does two hundred and fifty million worth of trade with Mexico anyway. But if you if that economic pressure on Mexico, they will respond. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, I think Trump got results because of the economic pressure, the threat of tariffs, but also from the threat that he was going to do a better job of securing the border and Mexico was going to get stuck with all these people it's stuck along their northern border instead of in, in the southern United States. So I, it, you, you got to have both of those things going on because Mexico doesn't want those people, the, the immigrants, just stuck in their country. They're willing to let them pass through, but they don't want them to stay there. That's true. That's true, and, and you probably know that Border Patrol in the last 12 months have called illegals from 160 different countries. These are not just Mexicans. I think Mexicans make up less than 40% of the yeah. hundreds of thousands that we catch. So, so you're, you're wanting to work with, cooperate the other entities that are involved here. You want to work with and cooperate, you know, maybe put some pressure on Mexico, um, and also the federal government, but who do you think is likely to be a better partner in cooperating if Texas takes these measures? Do you think uh, we might work better with Mexico, actually, than the federal government, the way it is looking today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mexico is the key. I mean, they, they have the other side of the river. And if they're not going to cooperate, it's never, we're never going to have a secure border. Uh, my goal would always be to work with Mexico, and but with a carrot or a stick, and you got a big stick, and you better be willing to use it. And and I think they'll listen, I really do. And because they love making money, and the cartels are running everything down there, so it's a matter of no one crosses the river without paying off the cartels. And these, of course, the most dangerous criminal organizations really in the world. But Mexico needs to take control of that. They need to try to take back the, the, the cartels and rein them in. I know it's not easy for them. Uh, there's a lot of money. Mexico's a beautiful country, a tremendous country. It's massive. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how much wealth is in that country and, and what opportunities are available for Texans and to trade with Mexico. You know, Monterey's the largest industrial city in, in, in Mexico, it's less than three hours from Laredo and, and Brownsville. I mean, we've just got incredible opportunities with Mexico that we cannot utilize properly because of cartels. And I think that just needs to be communicated. But we have to be willing to use the, the stick, and that means shutting down the trade, and means stopping the tourism, into, into Cancun or whatever we can do to stop the remittals uh, back on, on the money. Um, there's a lot of the pressure that a governor with courage can implement uh, to make Mexico secure their side of the river. Some people are concerned that the this, this solution, this bold solution, repelling an invasion might actually bring more conflict with the federal government than with Mexico. How, how do you respond to, to those concerns? Well, it could, and it probably will. And the, I think the Constitution is clear uh, that the state of Texas can do that. 
And I think what most Texans are frustrated with, and I know most Republicans, is that we're always on the defense. We're always responding. And we're not going to win the game doing that. This is Texas. The governor of Texas has got a constitutional responsibility as commander-in-chief of the Texas military, which is our National Guard, to repel an invasion. The federal government, from Article 4, has got a constitutional responsibility to repel an invasion. And if they're not, we've got the constitutional responsibility to repel, repel it ourselves. And that means anyone aiding and abetting the enemy, like NGOs that are bringing them in, or need to be arrested. They need to have their buses impounded. We want to be a partner with Border Patrol and ICE. But if they're not cooperating for propelling this invasion, we will do it ourselves. Texas can, and immediately deport anyone that crosses that river. We're not interested in the visas. We're not interested in immigration law. This was a tradition in the United States, a legal process for way over a hundred years, the states were in charge of immigration, not naturalization. The word immigration is not in the Constitution. The word naturalization is. Those are two different words, completely different. This is a state issue historically, and it will be a state issue going forward because Texas is sovereign. Yes, well, we're going to generate conflict. There's no question, and that might be a good thing. <laughs> right. Because... I like the optics on our side, the political optics. Biden sending Border Patrol down or whatever to stop the Texas Guard and all the other guards who are going to be getting to come to our aid in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, you name it. They're coming to help. Maybe even New York and uh, Illinois will send some down here. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun. That would be fun. But this, this is a serious situation, and it takes a ton of courage. But... Uh, I tell you this, if they smell weakness here, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move over to the last issue, education freedom. Big issue for the foundation. What What, what is education freedom? Maybe not everybody will understand what that is. What, what are you talking about when you use that term? The money that the state of Texas spends on educating children but follow the child. We're here to do what's the, the fundamental issue in government education. It should be. What's best for the student? How do we how do we please the student and the and the parents of the student? How do we best educate them? That's what it's about. It's about education, freedom, and what we can do for them, and not what we can do for the district or the superintendent or the teachers. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in educating that child and what's best for them. A, a lot of people within the system. Uh, teacher unions and school administrative unions and those types of things say that, that the, the goal here is to defund public education. Right? And, but it seems to me what you're saying is you're not so interested in the funding for public education as you just are in the education for the children. I'm interested in the best possible education for every student in the state of Texas, period. That's going to a government school, great. If they think that, if that's their choice, the choice of their parents or the student, that that's what they want, great, fantastic. And that, by the way, is what most of them are going to pick because that's where all their friends go and that's 
but sports teams are, and they go play football or whatever. But there's a lot of kids, particularly kids with learning disabilities and physical disabilities, they're not being served. There's a lot of kids that are going to schools that are horrible, and they're in districts that are horrible. And remember that the measuring stick that we have for our government schools might not be the best measurement stick because it's been dumbed down so much over the years. Right? I mean, it really has. So, but let's free it up. But I love the free market. I love capitalism. And there's nothing better than having competition. Competition, as I always say, lowers the price and increases the quality of everything. Of course, it's going to make all the government schools better. Because now they got to compete for the student. They got to, if that student doesn't like the system or the school they're in and a lot are leaving, well, that principal, that superintendent better learn how to compete. And a lot of people have said that, oh, school choice doesn't work. You know, kids don't get better when they leave and go to private schools or charter schools or whatever it is. I, I, I say they're wrong on that, that there's a lot of evidence out there. But it seems to me you're saying that that's important, but maybe even more important is the liberty of the parents and the students to choose what they think is best for them. Amen. Absolutely that is. I mean, we just look at it from 30,000 feet. The government tells you you have to go to school. The government tells you where you're going to school. The government picks the curriculum. The government pays the faculty. And, you, and it's like, well, wait a minute. What happened to the liberty in this deal? You know, as we know, in our, some of our research, I think it was in 1920, that 85% that of the students were not, did not go to public ed in the state of Texas. Or it's, it's, I might be off a little bit on the numbers, but it was it, that was the case. They were, and people went together with homeschoolers or found a different schoolhouse, and everybody pitched in a little money. And, and that was what it was in the United States for 200 years, from 1630 all the way up until the Marxists really decided, and the Frankfurt Institute and, and the whole business about Marxism and, and came over from England that we needed a public ad, they called it, over here in the United States is what they call it. And everybody needs to be the same. Everybody needs the same education. And uh, that's just not the case. It really destroyed our liberty and the liberty of education, freedom, and parental choice. One last thing, it's, and I didn't mention this during my introduction of you, but but um, you're a Christian. And I was just wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about how your faith has uh, motivated you and influenced your perspective on public policy. Well, thanks for asking on that. You know, because it is fundamental to, uh, to my public policy and to my life. And that's why our tagline for the foundation, Popeye's Liberty Foundation, is liberty, prosperity, and virtue. Virtue is in there. Like you, as our founders of our country knew, that you could really never experience liberty fully unless you had a virtuous society. And that comes with a God-fearing society. And it really does. And so I'm a firm believer in, in, in Jesus and, and our Christian faith, and, and I'm also a firm believer in, in evil and, and, and demons and, and Satan. And I think this is a, that our political environment really reflects our spiritual environment. 
that many things that we deal with every day in the political space is just combating evil. And evil is real. Satan is real. And he's going to use what area would he want to be working in more than anything? That's the political realm. And when he takes away your liberty and he can control everybody, the whole world or one country or whatever, or one ruler or a group of rulers, and he can destroy humanity, he can destroy men. That's what his goal is. And it's a lot harder to destroy men when they all have liberty and they all get independent thinkers. Yeah, I teach, as you know, teach 12th grade government and economics. And one of the things that we talk about in there is how Augustine, many, many 1,500 plus years ago, identified this, this big problem out of scripture of original sin. And whenever you, you know, so man is corrupted. And whenever you put a lot of people together in one place and start concentrating power, as if in government, for instance, you're going to have problems. And so one of the things I think, that school choice reflects along with a lot of other things like the you know the decentralization of power and the in the separation of power at the federal level federalization stuff like that seems like school choice takes those kind of things into account and lets people send their children where they think is best so not everybody's in control of the <coughs> one group of people are in charge of the education of our children and it should be that way with really everything not just education but you're right I mean, education is fundamental. Uh, and now we've got our government schools, when they took Jesus out and God out in general in 61, 62. We've got generations now of Texans growing up that don't have any foundation or very little foundation of morals and principles. And we're seeing, we're reaping that harvest now. Well, Don, really appreciate you being on uh, this week's Liberty Cafe. Fascinating discussion. Thank you. Well, thank you, Bill. Look forward to doing it again. And also thank you to our sponsors here at the Liberty Cafe, Texas Scorecard. So, again, run over to TexasScorecard.com, and you can also go over to Huffines Liberty, hold on, HuffinesLiberty.com and find out what needs to be done here in Texas on on uh, property, property taxes and school choice and whatever else we need to, to, to further liberty here in Texas. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.